This is Shaco Art Speak. Welcome to Shaco Art Speak. What? <laughs> Welcome to Shaco Art Speak. We're your hosts. We back. Ryan and Gareth. We're back from vacation, and yes. we have serious tans. <laughs> Serious tans. I don't want to yeah. tell you where the tan lines are. I'm going to leave that up to your imaginations. That's, Let's just say but we're artists and designers and creative people, so the tan lines are very surprising. That's so disturbing. Yes. Well, listen, it's only disturbing if you already have a disturbed imagination. Yeah. Sorry, well, Gareth. Uh, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about... Um, okay, so we were, we're doing a, 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 a brief rethink. You know, we're trying to become... Um, it's like, you know, when we talk about rethink, we're holding ourselves accountable to the things we rethink. Yeah. It's not that we've got it together and it's not that we're executing all this or living mm -hmm. this out, but we want to, or we're trying to see how do we feel our, our way through all the fault lines yeah. of the culture that is, mm -hmm. and what does a culture renewed look like? What is it? What is a renewed, redeemed, rethought expression look like? And so mm -hmm. if you've been listening to us, you've been, you've been walking through our musings along these categories because we see these categories as part and parcel to um, the ecosystem we talk about. Yeah. Um, Cause a lot of times I think that the, the, the impetus behind the idea of rethink is um, there are things that would probably become maybe calcified assumptions. Sure. Um, or our assumptions have become things that we take as givens. Yep. Uh, instead of, instead of actually saying, no, actually all ideas are able to be kind of uh, pushed out a bit, mm -hmm. scrutinized, critiqued, understood, researched, prodded, um, that ideas are actually strong enough to hold up to all of that mm -hmm. uh, so that you can then sit back and say, oh, it's, it's, what's worth keeping? What's yeah. worth ditching? What's worth changing? And in, in, in that, those ideas are always implicate people, right? I mean, so mm -hmm. you can't get away from um, human relationships and the way that those are at the center. Like I always say, at the, at the end of every endeavor, is human relationship of one kind or another, mm -hmm. the dividing up of relationships or the enjoining. And, and, and uh, so every creative expression has another in mind, whether that person exists or not, whether it's ideal or, or not, um, whether it's like uh, uh, the pursuit of an unknown audience that you feel would be like your tribe, your people, like you, you name it, if you generalize it enough, you realize that, that, um, to act and to do always assumes another, even if that another is hypothetical or, or in some ways it is just you. Yeah. And so, and so, um, people are what, you know, what makes things, it seems obvious to say it right, but people are what makes these things possible. Um, yeah. they're what brings about resources and materials and, and spaces and money and, and, you know, exhibitions that uh, people frequent and, and look at work and, uh, you know, people that commission work or people that work with designers for, right? Like it's just, mm -hmm. it's just so part and parcel, but it's worth being heavy handed and putting a finger on them. Yeah. Cause um, ideas exist in people's minds. That's right. That's where they live. Yeah. That's their, their space. Yeah. And those ideas always play out in one way or another. Yeah. And I think that's a very good thing about current culture right now is that we're, we're maybe critiquing and looking at that much more yep. that the ideas that are in our heads actually, uh, start to form the contours of a society. Yeah. So here's, here's one. That's terribly, seemingly unrelated in a lot of ways, but also mm. is going to make probably myself and you and everyone else who's listening a little uncomfortable mm -hmm. in the sense that it easily could implicate us mm. and make us feel responsible to it. Uh, so don't do that. I know. I'm sorry. Can we just cut it here? My stomach hurts. Oh, so what I, I folks, I, I want to <laughs> listen. Okay. So I've been, you know, let, let me just say from my, 
um, both from my gallery going art making experience over 20 something years, plus my time working in academia. Uh, we're going to rethink gossip today. Doesn't seem like a very good. I tell you what, a few people that need to listen to this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not trying to gossip or anything. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm just trying to be free. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to gossip about gossip. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. And so, and, and that may not seem relevant, but I think if we're trying to build a, a culture and a society uh, that is not naively better, but actually addresses real issues, we, uh, I want to, I want to, I don't want to just talk about like, hey, it's not nice to talk about people, but I want to talk more about uh, the internal of consequence of that and how that, like you said, ideas then necessarily still spill out. Yeah, because ideas implicate. Implicate. But also ideas have implication. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, you know, you talk about something like gossip, like like you said, maybe our first step is going to be like to responsibility. Be like, oh, crap, that makes me feel bad. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because ideas implicate. That's right. Um, they point to to a reality that mm-hmm. may be taking place. Um, but also those ideas, you don't want to just sit in the space where it's like, oh, uh, now I am on a personal betterment space. Mm-hmm. Like, that's great. That's yeah. wonderful. We should be there at different times. Um but it also means that these ideas, like they have their consequences. Mm-hmm. And we tend to think of consequences in like hugely like uh, detrimental, monumental mm-hmm. spaces. But a lot of time the consequences of poor ideas or the consequences of uh, acting out really kind of bad categories, mm-hmm. um, they're not as detrimental. They're mm-hmm. actually cumulative. Yeah. Um, so it makes a much uh, more mundane space mm-hmm. that is actually much more toxic and acidic. Acidic. So yeah. it, um, I think that's what's helpful can't. about something like gossip, actually looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it can't, like you said, the toxicity, it, it, here's the thing. So it can't stay contained. Yeah. Because it, because what happens is um, we, in our, let's say, let's say I'm tempted to justify myself in, in mm. maybe talking in private about another person, right? Um, in, the, in the context of the arts or let's say in an academic institution or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If I justify that to myself, uh, part of what appeases the conscience is to start to assume and project that everybody else operates the same way. Mm. Okay. Is that, yeah. is that fair to say? So what I mean yeah, by I that is that. like, like in order to make myself feel better, it's like, well, everybody does it. Mm-hmm. And that might even be what you're thinking when you're listening. And, it, and it's, it's probably because it's true. But the question is like, what is the effect of it? What does it produce? Yeah. And, and also later, how, how do you, ex- how do you change one thing for another? It's not to be not doing something it's not the absence of something but also for us in the generative sense what is the uh what is replaced like what do you Hmm. remove what do you add in terms of presence so it's the absence of gossip and the presence of what is a good question to to move that we'll move towards on the back end of this yeah so the big idea for me man in, in thinking about this is is um anecdotally is or sorry practically is um in my encounters both having gossiped about people, mm-hmm. having seen gossip, but also having experienced the outcomes of a culture of dishonesty and gossip. So I want to mm-hmm. throw dishonesty in there because a lot of times gossip means you're not being honest with the person that you're gossiping about. Yeah, I mean, you can call it two-faced. Right? Yeah, two-faced or we, we yeah, selective. Where it's, it becomes, so it, it creates the conditions for manipulation, dishonesty, and um, a hierarchy of self-promotion and power manipulation over and against a perceived person yeah. that you 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 don't approve of or that in the reverse you see as a threat to whatever it is that mm-hmm. you possess 
Um, yeah, I might, I might, you know, one of the things I would add towards that go is for it. even, um, you know, if you were, if you were kind of enculturated into a space that is actively and continually sort of in this churn of gossip, uh, there's also, uh, I think, a performative nature that wells up in everybody mm-hmm. where you're almost, you're over speaking, you're being performative with things you do because, you know, if everybody's going to denigrate it behind the, sur- behind the you know, the front of everything, yep. then I need to just, I need to really just jack this up. Yeah, I got to put it up to 11. I got to buffer it. Yep. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that can be pro- problematic because then you end up with what is potentially lies in the gossip mm-hmm. and lies in the actual activity. Yep. And so you end up with a space where there's absolutely like no honesty, no truth whatsoever. Yep. And also, so what, I mean, that's a great, I think this, that's just a spot on point, Gareth. And like, that is like, that's it, man. Like that, that enculturation, uh, puts, um, of a foggy lens over the truth of whatever work and reality is occurring in front of us. Yeah. And it actually buffers us away from each other and from the work we're intimate with. So that increases the likelihood of dissatisfaction Mm -hmm. because your metrics are all skewed. Yeah. Yeah. Your ability to enjoy what's right in front of you is, is nearly impossible. So one of the things that I've seen over and over again is it means that a face value culture becomes less and less possible because you can't accept what anyone's saying because you're projecting that. Like, so for instance, if I've participated in the culture of dishonesty and gossip, then when someone else comes to me and asks a question or says something and they're just asking it without privy to gossip, mm, yeah, your mind is over, over calculating all the time. So you have to hear what they're saying is who have they talked to? What do they know? <laughs> what are they talking about? And now you're overreacting to what they're saying. And if they're not a part of that gossip culture directly, if they're not aware, they have no idea that you're feeling that way. Now you have a entirely skewed perspective on them. And you think because of your own dishonesty, you have enough nodes in your mind to justify your perspective mm, yeah, and it yeah. becomes uh, confirmation bias. It's easy to assume your rightness. And then as that becomes built, then you, then you start to look for future confirmation of how it is that they're carrying on this way. Now, before you know it, you're so far from a colleague, from someone who's uh, below you in terms of you might be a manager, you might be in charge or someone above you um, that you have to work hard to soothe all the anxiety now yeah, now you've yeah. now you've had to step completely outside the job because you're wrecked with anxiety and paranoia and you have to triple down on protecting yourself against someone who's not even a threat against a situation that has no relevance to you and all because you have typically practiced this so hard that you're doing exactly what you said you're overcompensating to make buffers for not being torn down mm-hmm. Because you know if you're doing it, everybody else has got to be doing it. And that dude, that's so much work. I mean, it's oh so much gosh. work. And you know, and and also there's something like if if I'm coming into a situation and I'm not maybe knowing how enculturated like this kind of gossip dishonesty mm-hmm. uh, sort of stuff is, um, then you know, there's a lot of stuff that I'm not understanding. But there's yep. a lot of stuff I may start to assume. Um, but it also it turns into just kind of a picture of like Don Quixote, just like fighting windmills right yes. you get these monsters that aren't actually real they're not real they're not real you're like talking about this and so then you get into spaces where you've got uh uh critique spaces or you've got uh you know kind of uh like like show kind of review or write-up spaces or you've got you know faculty meetings or yes you know uh, organizational meetings board yep. meetings where where now the 
conversation is against a subtext that mm-hmm. is actually fiction. Yeah. Uh, and it's you've created. And then you've, so let's say you've gossiped about a person to another, and then that person finally meets the person you've been gossiping about, and they've got a character in their mind that may or may not stack up, right? Yeah. yeah definitely. And, and what's short circuit, what's short cut there is the generative possibility. So let's, let's say the person that you're gossiping about is kind of a jerk, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm gossiping to my studio mate or my colleague about this jerk. And we're, we just, you know, it's like low key, they're such a jerk, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So we keep doing that. And then my colleague has their own independent abilities and ways of relating to people. I mean, we talk yeah. about diversity, that we're diverse. So they have their own way of doing this. And let's say that in their personality, they have the latent capacity to disarm the jerk. Mm, yeah, but because yeah. you've, you've defamed their character so much, the person who has the relational ability to disarm the jerk has to overcome your characterization and it short circuits their gifting. So, so rather than being able to disarm the jerk and make them more humanized and actually a, uh, assist them in, in their own development together, mutually benefiting each other, now they're, they're doing battle with your fictitious characterization and um, are spending the whole time seeking to confirm if whether or not what you said about this other person is true or not. Yeah. Now you're not relating to them at all. You're there's well, no relationship. There. It feels, it feels very authoritarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what, what you're doing within a space of gossip can very much be authoritarian because you're coming in and saying, I know Yep. I can define, Yep. I can tell you exactly what they are like X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you have now tainted any sort of uh, knowledge, relational structure, uh, potential collaboration, potential mm-hmm. friendship, like you've tainted those waters yeah. and those are not poison waters that are, you, you can't suck the poison out mm-hmm. of that well nope. uh, as easily as you can throw it in there. All day. So there is Say that again. High. Say that like really slowly. Say the last part about poison the well. You can't suck the poison out of the well as mm-hmm. easily as you can dump it in. Yeah. Because I mean, you, you know, just do it with anything, right? Um, stick some salt in a glass of warm water and then, you know, spend the rest of the day trying to pull that salt out. Like it's, it keeps its saltiness. Yeah. It doesn't go away. Demo is always easier than build up. Yeah. So we've talked about in so many places, right? It's easy to tear down. Yeah. It's super hard to encourage. Super hard to build up without seeming Pollyanna and naive and so on. So it's really hard to, it's really hard to, 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 um, like you said, I mean, I think it's, it's really easy to poison the water. Super. Um, especially if you're so weak and you're, you're so, let's say you're so, you're so, um, weakened by overexerting your, your poisoning and tear down muscles that you have no strength to build up. And so it's easier to call tear down, build up and, and carry on and, and say, well, Hey, let it, let it be what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, here's the other thing that I see is what happens when we do this is we isolate ourselves, like I was saying. And so then you have to start to deal with the people you're around in an isolated way mm-hmm. so you can control the oh, narrative gosh. with each person yeah. and ensure that they don't talk to each other on certain lines. So let's say you're a boss. You have to constantly do that. So you are imbuing your ecosystem with necessary fractures that can never really be addressed because they're dishonest. Mm-hmm. So then you have to pr- capitulate dishonesty and then you have to keep track of this. And it's growing exponentially inside of you. And it's overwhelming your ability to actually do the basic job you've been made to do. Yeah, It overwhelms your ability to be creative because now your creativity is there as an outlet for your dishonesty. Mm-hmm. Like you can't conceptualize in a generative way. 
because you're overrun with an incapacity and a reactionary defensiveness. And we and we wonder, like within a space, uh, if you see something like this, and you're like, why isn't anything like monumental coming out of here? Why isn't there anything positive really being done? Mm-hmm. Um, there is uh, intrinsic to this whole conversation is this idea that the central aim of any person or place or organization that is defined by this, the central aim is devaluation. Mm-hmm. And so then what, what do you just get to, you get to like soak yourself and breathe in devaluation yep. all day. Yeah. And then suddenly you turn the corner of your studio and you're like, yeah. now I have valuable work to make. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to bleed. Yeah, it's going to bleed over. That's hundred percent what you take in, you put out and uh, yeah, out of the overflow, I mean, out of the overflow, I would say out of the overflow of the heart, the art speaks Yeah, like out of the overflow of what you are taking in or the overflow of what's in you, it comes out. And so if you're defensive, um, you will have to become condescending to defend yourself. Mm. You will have to be default to arrogance because you need arrogance to assume that you know more than you know. So you, ha- you have to posture yourself in a way that exposes your limitations, but in a way that, that doesn't afford people to come alongside you and work because your defensive yeah. mechanisms are so high that nobody can actually... The, the jerk you're talking about over to the right you're actually being yourself to someone else. And, mm-hmm. and, and therefore, the degenerating cultural capitulation happens. And that creates infighting between departments, between galleries. You know, there's mm-hmm. galleries that are, are constantly defaming each other. Yeah. Um, and then the artists feel like they have to carry the mantra of defaming each other. And it's part and parcel to what we do. And, and then within that, you've got artists that show in the same gallery and they're, they're you know, studio mates, but they talk about each other. And it's like, it just mm-hmm. keeps deteriorating. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is such a magnanimous problem. And here's the thing. I am not interested anymore and I haven't been for a while with, I don't want to be fueled by that. No, I don't want to be fueled by fear. I don't want to be fueled by disdain. I don't want to be fueled by self-justification. I don't want to be fueled by arrogance. Um, you know, keep going. So the question is, well, you know, how, how can we be fueled? It's like sit quietly in a room for a while. Yeah get to know yourself without all this self-talk and all these assumptions about everybody else. Yeah. You know, and we talk a lot and I've, I've kind of decried this statement in other contexts, but you know, we talk a lot, you hear, um, professors throughout art school, you hear, um, gallerists or curators, you hear friends, you hear whoever say things like you need, you know, your work needs to speak for itself. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is one of those places where I wholeheartedly like a thousand percent get behind it. Mm -hmm. If, if your work, needs you to defame everyone else's for it to stand. Mm-hmm. I don't think your work's finished. Yeah. I don't think you've put enough studio time in. Um, if your work requires that, then your work is lazy and I'm going to be just super blunt. Yeah. Um, and this is, and, and the reason I can be super blunt with this is because I'm saying this to myself. Sure. So if I have to talk crap about somebody else's, if I have to make my work be solely in relation or relativized to somebody else's, I'm not done. Yeah, I've been lazy. Yeah, something has been shortchanged in that yeah. process. Somewhere in there, yeah, yeah. It it um. And, and here's the thing, this is what's crazy. Like like, give you a side example to this. Like an adjacent outcome of this is, I've often said this is, I've, I've experienced this is like, um, and I've I've been there in the past too. So I I mean, none of that we're saying like, you know, I can speak to all this stuff because I've done it all myself. Yeah, okay? I mean, I've, so, I've been to grad school. I've talked crap about plenty of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. Um, but I have experienced, um, one of the outflows of this kind of reality, this chronic enculturation is 
everything becomes competitive. And, and, and so what happens is like, you know, you're, let's say you're in a collaborative conversation mm-hmm. and, you know, I tend to be a pretty altruistic person. Like I tend to want to th- think out loud and, you know, mm-hmm. hence the podcast, like you want to, you want to share ideas. You're not trying to overly own them, uh, or, uh, you want to get somewhere. Yeah. And what happens is, um, there'll be people that are competing with you and you don't know it. Yeah. And so they're, they're pissed at you because they're competing with you mm-hmm. over who can think the best thoughts, who can say it the best, who can, and all the while they're getting bitter towards you and you don't even know it. You don't know it. And then they're, they're not honest with you because they can't afford to be for whatever reason. So then they talk about you to someone else mm-hmm. and they craft a palatable way of explaining their feelings to that other person without admitting what's at the core of it is I want to one up that person. Yeah. So, so it's like, um, you're tore down, you're dishonest towards your, your neighbor and the person you're competing with, uh, that may or may not be competing against you. Then you have to assume that they are. So imagine when they tell you something positive and all you can hear is, what are you really trying to insinuate? So everything is suspicious. You're like, (laughs) right. What are you really insinuating about me? And it's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I didn't even know what they really meant in that conversation. Yeah. 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 Everything is, everything is deconstructed because I can't trust it. And, um, it's because you're not trustworthy. So, so I think this, you know, it's kind of rough. It's really rough. And I think this has been a really fantastic diagnosis, but I think like there has to be a pivot pivot point Mm -hmm. because I don't think there's at this point, I think it's hard for me to realize or think that there's somebody out there that's like, I don't even know what y'all are talking about. I don't Mm -hmm. get this at all because it's so part and parcel to the society we're in. And it's kind of, uh, I don't know, it's, it's almost a, a generalized expectation of like the art and design world that this just is what it is. This is how it happens. Yeah. It's the way things flow. Yeah. Um, but I think the good pivot is like in terms of a positivistic space, like, so what does that mean? Like, mm-hmm. I can't stop somebody from gossiping. I know. And yeah. sometimes it's incredibly hard for me to stop myself from doing mm-hmm. it. So then what are some like positive steps yeah. towards Towards everything we're talking about, like right. how do you actually do that? Yeah, well, I think I, I don't have a, a you know a, a pitch perfect answer on it. This is a work in progress, but a couple of things. One is um, I try to. The first thing I can do is take hold myself accountable. Is step one. Yeah. So what I mean by there's a couple of things is oftentimes I try to uh, shift conversations with it through humor, yeah. uh, through and through compliments. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. I try to, if I know someone's got a, a bad habit of it and it's, it will be tempting for me, I try to get in front of, I try to set the tone of the conversation mm-hmm. towards constructive things. So yeah. it requires me to, you know, we talk about know and be known. The know and be known thing requires that I know the folks that I'm around most frequently where this is more, most plausible. And, and I try to move towards whatever uh, uh, feasible goals are actually in front of us. Yeah. You know, whether it's in studio, whether it's in the arts, I try to, um, shift the conversation so so for instance um i'm not trying to shame anybody Mm -hmm. when they're there i try to refocus the conversation and air towards the side of uh uh, charity humility and kindness yeah um and to uh, consider better of the person um to help the person who maybe is gossiping get to maybe the heart of a real concern yeah 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 brass tacks hey is there something that needs to be addressed well then talk to them about it right um if it's in an organizational setting, I'm, 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 uh, willing to risk being less liked because I don't enable gossip. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a overcoming the fear of what other people think about me and saying, 
over time, if I don't carry on in this way, people will stop bringing it to me. Mm -hmm. And out of that, what's left is a generative space of opportunity to have a different conversation. So here's the thing. If I obtain to that relational dynamic with a, a, a set of folks, um, do I have fresh things to offer that are interesting, mm. that are generative to them? That, and so if I know them, well, maybe we can get into a conversation that benefits a program, a department, a studio practice, a project yeah. that never has to default to the habit of gossip or the habit of slander or the habit of being dishonest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I will try to be as candid as I can be, um, which drives people nuts because I'll qualify things and say, you're trying to like, you're trying to cut off tentacles and say, well, um, depends on what you mean by that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think there's also a spot and this is something that, um, you know, I've, uh, you've done with me several times. Um, you know, uh, I think kind of a place where sometimes gossip can start, um, is just with like interpersonal sort of slander with mm-hmm. each other. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's say that you and I agree on a thing. We move forward. We come back to when that thing should be done. And then I say, well, you know, I, I, you didn't do X, Y, or Z. So I, I didn't, I, I couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's you, it's you, it's, it's a tearing down. It's in the same space. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then it's like, you know, so if you would just do your part, then mine would be no problem. Um, one of the things you've said to me in, in situations that are similar is you've said, well, I'm just, just taking you at what you said. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's actually like a good step in the gospel is just to believe yeah, people. It's gotta like, believe you. You know, hey, you said you were going to do uh, your project times 10. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I, I believed you. Yeah. So if you did your project, just, it was always your intention to do this level and you were just gesticulating times mm-hmm. 10. Well, I'm just holding you at what you yeah. said. And I'm not, I'm not holding you in a place of scorn. Yeah. But it is just saying like, reasonable. I'm just assuming honesty. Yeah. 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 I'm just assuming that yeah. that's what it is. And if it's not, then that gives us a place to talk yeah. about like, well, what fell short, what yeah. could have happened, what yep. could be better in that very particular right. positive space. Like you're talking about yep. where it's like, no, devoid of like throwing them under the bus, mm-hmm. devoid of talking crap about them or relativizing your work to somebody else. Like mm-hmm. what actually happened? Yep. Uh, and it's, it's super hard. I think sometimes gossip is easy because it means that we do not have to sit alone with large things, mm-hmm. which is our interior thoughts, yep. our lack of desire, mm-hmm. our inability to really follow through and a lot of the big plans that we yep. really want to be a part of our lives. Um, it's hard to sit with those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that's to your point. It's like we all probably are are overworked in some ways, and we we don't we don't. Um, it's hard to be okay. So here's the other way of saying it: it's difficult to actually change culture. It is. It's easy to push culture further downstream. Yeah. It's hard to go against the stream, the mm-hmm. grain. So uh, uh, because it takes time for people to. My favorite kind of goofy illustration for this is the f- film Wally. It's where he yeah. bumps the, I've referenced before, but it's where he bumps one of the people off of his, um, uh, little floating chair. Yeah. He bumps me, falls off and then they introduce each other. And he's mm-hmm. like, the guy starts to kind of realize that there's an alternative to the, the downstream yeah. way he's existing. Mm-hmm. And that kind of plays out later. And it creates a ripple effect where everybody's overweight. They can't really move, but they start to because they've been given the alternative. Yeah. But it takes time, you know, mm-hmm. and it's and it's terribly uncomfortable and unpopular until it normalizes. Then it's, it's just different. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's it is a. Um, 
you know, it's it's like rightly assessing yourself enough to say, dude, I, I got some bad categories. Mm-hmm. So like for me, it's like one of my disciplines the last three, three plus years, four years has been progressively learning to take people at face value. Yeah. And then and then so it, what's weird about it is, is okay, I took you at face value and I got um I got charity in the way that I need charity. It's not selfish, but it's like I have charity for people in the way that I actually need charity. Because I'm not always sure about myself. I'm not always like I'm not lock and step so dialed in that I just know that I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. So there's a a growth trajectory that takes a little longer than I think we think. And there's a beautiful thing about giving away the thing that you yourself understand you need. Mm-hmm. And there's something beautiful there because it is a it, it is it is understanding that you are not the only person in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you're not the center, then other people have those same desires and needs. Yeah. And if they have that then you giving it away when you feel the need for it actually is a beautiful invitation for other Mm -hmm. folks to reciprocate. And it makes a safe spot where people can do that. Yeah. And a lot of times we don't have those safe spaces because we were like, Oh, I, we get gossiped to, Mm -hmm. uh, we get kind of let in on the inside on what that person's really like. And Mm -hmm. we say, Oh, that's, that's my invitation to enter the space in the same way. And so, you know, when you were talking about culture, the thing I thought was, especially, you know, in, 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 academics, the whole space, it's like there's a, now we are talking about creating culture. And so then we can actually plan for when that will be and when when it will happen. And it does not happen until we have planned for it to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, But culture is always being created. Yeah. And whether it's it's not neutral, positive or negative ends, it's always being creative. So uh, if you step in, like it is good to think about things like, Hey, by gossiping in this space, I am creating an opening of the door or I am calcifying a culture that's already about this. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, we can sit here and say, well, you know, I'm alone in this. It's like, well, do you want to be alone in creating good culture? Mm -hmm. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. A culture that's positive, that invites people in. Yeah. That creates space for collaboration Mm -hmm. that allows uh, it even creates space for celebrating the achievements of others yeah. without it being like a forced thing. Mm-hmm. So you're like actually excited for the general well-being of others and the prospering of of the multitudes. Yeah, and you're not seeing it as like a uh, I didn't get what I was owed, but they did. Conversation of like I got to rebound and go compensate again, and Dude, you know if we could promote the good things that other people do, it would be a constant party. Yeah. You know, if that was the culture we were about, it would be a constant celebration Mm -hmm. because there would be encouragement towards doing that. There'd be encouragement toward the work that made that possible. And there'd actually be real community as opposed to imposed uh, community that actually becomes decorative, but it has no uh, enduring substance to it, no Mm -hmm. joy or delight. And, you know, coming back to the known be known, I mean, this is the thing in this way. You make it impossible to know yourself and to know each other because yeah. you never can deal with real criticism or real um, uh, what I call opportunity, real opportunity, yeah. real problems that create opportunities to grow mm-hmm. because everything is clouded in the suspicion of gossip and your practice of hiding away from who you are. So like, like, you know, if you're, you're, um, you know, in one department or another or one gallery or another. Um, you can never actually learn from each other. Yeah. You can create decorative statements of how you're learning. You can even create decorative partnerships that are veiling the reality of the fact that like, I could give a rip about what they think because they're blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But then you go and you smile and you shake hands on stage and you act like what a a great thing we're doing. And you're like, this is hollowed out 
by the rot of our own um, less than humanized practices that have uh, legacy enculturation. I mean, mm-hmm. we are in legacies of this. Yeah. Like, like uh, you know, you think about things like the um, restaurant industry, mm-hmm. say in Richmond. Yeah. Everyone knows everybody, but I have been around enough folks to hear how there's so much gossip and slander. Mm. It it flows like wine. It just pours out. Yeah. It just pours out. And, and you wonder like, that okay so i'll just make the leap that infects i i wonder how much that impacts in an immaterial way how many businesses close mm-hmm. what the work environment is for um the employees mm-hmm. how that trickles down into the customers you don't think it matters when you're like the arrogant chef you know running the business jam- jamming everybody you know down or slamming everybody down and, mm-hmm. and creating this environment and then you wonder why your restaurant didn't stay open Cause yeah. it's, you know, cause you're like, it's about the food. It's like, and yeah, the food is an overflow of the heart. Yeah. That's the outward artistic expression. And, and I bet you the food doesn't taste quite as good as it would if you actually uh, weren't creating this kind of a cultural environment. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Like, uh, if, if our, if our goal, uh, specifically within creative culture spaces, if our goal was to build up folks so that we had shoulders to stand on mm-hmm. instead of knock down folks. Mm-hmm. So we had piles of broken bodies yep. to walk over. Mm-hmm. What would it look like? I mean, those are two very, very different pictures. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's some like, <clears throat> you think of some like Renaissance paintings of Dante and like spaces of people just like walking over bones and skulls versus this idea that we all have of creating a, a really good, flourishing society mm-hmm. like a very different picture very yep. different space and yep. they will grow different things um i don't know maybe that's a good question to even leave with like yeah. what would it look like what would a city look like yeah if it was flourishing that's under an invitation building up yep. instead of uh flailing under yep. pulling down yep. i will say building up require i will say this because i i, I want to leave with that question yeah yeah so i just want to say that a couple thermometer metrics are you'll feel less in control you have to risk being misjudged. Mm-hmm. You have to be risk enduring perpetual and it's hard, it's painful. Um, you have to risk not being liked as much. You have to risk not being reinforced enough. Um, if you're willing to risk those things, though, other people will start to show up that were never on your radar yeah. as, as meaningful or important because you were too busy targeting what you saw were enemies or threats to yourself. Yep. And so you, you'll miss the people that are being brought into the fold that want to build the culture you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I, so I think that invitation is there. It's definitely there. Also, you, but there is a risk and you get to, but you, you don't just lose those things. And you know, it's not, it's not just harder. I think there's also the space of like, there's a lot of extra work that's going to go by the wayside mm-hmm. that you never had to do in the first place. Yep. There's a space for you to kind of rest into your work to, um, to get comfortable into your studio practice where mm-hmm. your work is geared towards something instead of constantly building walls against yep. other things. Yep. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun place to ask that question. Um, and we don't, you know, listen again, I can't stress enough. We are not immune to this. No, I, there's no, there's no guarantee that I won't gossip tomorrow. I was going to say, we'll get off this and start, and start gossiping tomorrow. But it, um, I mean, but there's a striving orientation and sometimes for me, clarity helps me then, get towards the ethic and the oughtness like what what ought i do though and it never gets better by it? keeping it silent yeah it does yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It, we have to like talk we got to talk about it yeah so uh, consider this again it's always worth reminding when we when we do these these are conversation starters yeah and all we're trying to do is do our best to like lead into these conversations because 
we, we try to solve, you know, we, we listen to galleries and institutions talk about solving problems, but they never account for the problems. Yeah, they, so, they don't say the problems are necessarily internal. It's always yeah, how do we solve the world yeah, out there. Yeah, they're, they're the problems that come out of compensating for what the real problem is, which means then all the efforts never really have um, kind of uh, thoroughgoing impact the way that we, we like because we're not being truthful with the nature of our problems. Right. So... Yeah, and with so, that, with that, uh, as always, like we like to say, we love you all. You're a fantastic audience, and we will catch you next time. Peace. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bob.